today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought. We got all kind of stuff to get into. We get into the Billy Go curse, seeing that the Major League Baseball playoffs have started. The Yankees are gone. Thank you for that, my friends. Oh, you got to hate the Yankees. We've got the top restaurant in the world, according to probably a bunch of food snobs. We have Attorney General Merrick Garland, who looks like uh, Mr. Rogers' deranged father, frankly. He's uh, threatening parents who stand for their kids, basically. Uh, we've got a little response from, uh, from one governor of Florida over, over this. Uh, we've got, uh, well, the truth of who Biden is putting in positions of power, even Soviet trained radicals now. Oh, that makes me feel better. How about a man who spent hours helping a search party hunting for a missing person? Doesn't seem too strange until you hear this fact that we'll get to. Oh no, a protester disrupted the Louis Vuitton Spring 2022 fashion show during Paris Fashion Week. How will we survive? All that and much, 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 much more, my friends. All today, all right here on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts. The Yankees are gone. Oh, I'm so happy. And away we go, my friends. Uh, I'm not much of a fashionista person. I don't uh, go to fashion shows. I don't watch fashion shows. I don't check out what the latest uh, designer is creating, anything like that. For one reason, I'm a heterosexual male. And I'm not going to apologize because I'm a man who likes women. It's not a sin to be, well normal but the fact is the fact is i'm not a, a person who really gets into fashion or anything snobby i don't like snobbery i hate pretense i hate people who do things or say things because you're supposed to say that on this such an occasion and this is just what you do you say if you don't do this you've got a hole in your soul man no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of those one of those self righteous jackasses. But I found this a note from the great website. You, you got to check this site out. I'm sure you've heard of it, FootwearNews.com. Yes, I've never heard of it either. But understand, I will go to the links of the internet to find stories to bring to you, my friends, because I care. I'm a giver. Okay, I'm a giver. If you knew how many pictures of women in, well, shall we say, less attire than normal, I have to go through every day. I wonder if anybody gets that joke. See, he's a pervert. He's one of them damn perverted, perverted perverts. Can I tell you? Looking at nudie women on the internet thingy. Uh, again, I'm a heterosexual male. I do like women. Uh, but uh, the fact I joke about things have a sarcastic sense of humor. Some people just don't get that. And people every once in a while, when I was bartending, you know, you're kind of sarcastic, your humor, and someone may be offended at that. Yeah, I, I understand that, but 
99.8% of the people I ever encounter like it or don't mind it. Uh, so what the hell? I'm supposed to supposed to walk around like life is a minefield? Too many people do that today. They walk around like, oh my God, I can't say that. I can't say this. Oh, I can't. Oh, no, this t-shirt. What if somebody misreads the message on the t-shirt? Oh my God. I'm not one of those people. I'm not going to waste my time, my life, my precious, valuable time worrying about malcontents, miscreants, bottom feeders, knuckle draggers, paste eaters, or paint huffers. I'm not going, or glue sniffers. Let's throw them in there too. I'm not going to do it. The woke crowd, you know what you can kiss, wokers. And most of you from your physical appearance know you actually couldn't kiss that because I feel like I'd have to take a bath for like three weeks straight. But the Louis Vuitton fashion show, the spring 2022 uh, show during the Paris Fashion Week, here was, uh, there was a kerfuffle that happened. These people that are really into fashion, and generally speaking, I've seen some clips before, and it's like, no woman's ever going to wear that. No man's ever going to wear that, unless they're in San Francisco. So why do they spend all this money on these stupid clothes that no one ever wears? Because A, they can't afford them, and B, they've got way too much taste to wear something that looks that stupid. But a protester interrupted them. Uh, the story reads, the Louis Vuitton Spring 22 show during Paris Fashion Week had an unexpectedly climactic finale thanks to a surprise protester today as models made their final walk across the brand's catwalk at the Louvre Museum. A protester disrupted the scene by stopping, excuse me, storming the runway with signs reading, Overconsumption equals extinction. Again, a, a climate change fanatic. And the story that says that they storm the stage, I see them on the walkway. I see models walking both directions. And then there's this idiot, I guess it's a woman. It's either a woman or California Governor Gavin Newsom, I can't decide. But this the it looks like a big kind of a sheet, kind of a fabric with overconsumption equals extinction. And then there's uh, whatever group they're with is on there. I'm not going to give him any free advertising. But she's kind of casually strolling from the way the picture looks. I don't know about storming. But I do notice that, uh, again, no one's really paying attention. I see a bunch of people in the crowd, and they're all looking away from where the protester is. Uh, there's some photographers taking pictures. But I do notice this about fashion and, and women in, in fashion. For God's sakes, will you eat something? You don't look good. You don't look hot. You don't look healthy. You look like you're borderline anaphrexic. Eat some beans and rice, women. That's not attractive. It, it's always bothered me. You get these all these gorgeous models, and they come out and they look like they're about thirty pounds underweight. That's not a turn on, okay? Your bones are sticking out. I don't think a doctor would say, "Oh, you're healthy." Seriously, women should look like women. Okay with curves and enough meat on their bones okay that's these women are not attractive uh of all the fashion models who was uh christy brinkley i guess would be counted as one she was hot still is very good looking for age 
But most of them, I always thought, were way too skinny. Please eat. Please eat. Maybe you could have a bowl, a bowl of Frosted Flakes while you're walking down the the, uh, the catwalk. And you can be too sexy for your Frosted Flakes. But anyway, uh, always good to see the snobs get a little excitement in their day. Oh, Louis Vuitton. Might as well go out of business now. And let me see. Do you like to go out to eat? I do too. And apparently, the uh, the top, the list of world's fifty best restaurants, two thousand twenty-one, has been released. Uh, and the winner, I bet, I bet none of the top fifty I've ever been to, or probably wouldn't go to, and probably couldn't afford. But Noma has topped the list of the world's fifty best restaurants. And it is in, what country is it? It's, it's not in America. Uh, I believe it's in uh, the Netherlands, if I'm not mistaken. But the world's 50 best restaurants award, an event considered the Oscars of the fine dining world. Well, I guess that means that some comedian comes out and tells lame jokes. And then all the winners come up and bash Trump and conservatives and white men and gun owners. Is it like the Oscars that way? Very pretentious? I don't know. I'm sure it probably could be or will be soon. Was also obliged to take a hiatus last year. So there was no best restaurant in the world last year. But it's back. And the two eateries at the top of this list are both in Copenhagen. I've heard the snobs say Copenhagen. I don't know. But hey, if the food's really good, you might be hogging it. Who knows? The number one spot this year is go, goes to what is perhaps the best-known name in gastronomy, Noma. I've never heard of it. Have you? Nope, me neither. Uh, a Danish chef whose first name is Rene Redzepi. Uh, three Michelin star restaurants first opened in Copenhagen's Christian Sean neighborhood in 2003 and first took the top spot in the world's 50 best restaurants back in 2010. So the three Michelin star is the, de is the definition of a re this restaurant. It's not four star or five star or whatever. What do, uh, <laughs> what do tires have to do with how good a restaurant is? I'll give it three Michelins. I'll tell you that. Not four though. You're going to have to get that car a new tire sometime, and certainly no spare, but three three Michigan stores, Michelin stores. Um, again, I have no idea what three Michelin star restaurant means, and I don't care because I'm never going to one. I'm just sharing the information. This, the uh, award is, only, is not given two years in a row, apparently. As of uh, 2019, if you've won it previously, you are ineligible for the list. So you go from being the best restaurant in the world, yes, I'm doing air quotes profusely, to not even in the best 50. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so New York's 11 Madison Park, the fat duck near London. What do you mean? Are you shaming the duck? Are you fat shaming a duck? Insolent bastards. 
Osteria Franciscana, or Francescana in Modena, Italy. And the 2009 winner, 2019 winner, Mirazur in Minton, France, or Minton, France. These restaurants are now entered into a separate Best of the Best program, of which Noma is the newest member, if you cared. And uh, I guess if you like that really, really, really high price, fancy food, that's great. But at a certain point, uh, fine dining just becomes completely obnoxious to me. I remember being on a cruise and it was a deal where you could eat when you want kind of thing. But if you wanted to go to dinner, there were certain times, certain restaurants were open. And I remember we went to one. And the table right beside me, kind of just, just to my rear right there, uh, they have the, the waiter who takes care of you. And then they have, an, he, he or she has an assistant that refills your coffees, your teas, your waters, gives you fresh bread, whatever, the little menial things. And one of the things they do uh, when you're eating like bread, right, you get crumbs on the, on the table there in front of you. They'll come and give you a new plate to put your slice of bread on, and they'll take this tiny little brush, and they'll brush away the crumbs in a very elegant fashion. And I remember there was a woman, uh, I guess with her husband, and she was just incensed. She was beside herself. Imagine that. Imagine this poor woman. Not only was she a Karen, she had a Karen that looked just like her beside herself. And she was very offended, very aggrieved, I dare say, but hurt. Because he didn't do the brushing of the crumbs in the proper order or the proper time, I forget. But she was aghast. Oh, my God. That kind of thing. And I remember just kind of looking at her, kind of corner of my eye, and just, I just was, started shaking my head a little bit. And uh, she kind of looked up, and I just went, like shook my head like what is wrong with you woman you snotty snobby that word yes rhymes with it your glitch uh, but i'm not that kind of person man you know what if the food's good it's good that's all that counts at a certain point food is good and it's it's just a matter of increasing the price by doing something ridiculous with it uh again I've seen it all the time. You watch the Food Network. I love uh, shows like Diners, Dive-Ins, and Dives, uh, Barbecue, Brews, and Q or something. Or, yeah, some Burgers, Brews, and Qs. And this is kind of, you know, go to the places and they, they visit and they have the burger and have this. And, and that teaches you about cooking and things like that. I've learned a lot. But then you have the cooking shows, and they're just, oh, my God. This duck is perfectly, perfectly charred. You've done miraculous things with the duck. It's very hard what you did. But I've noticed that there's a, a lemon on the plate here, and I, I just I don't know if I can finish now that I've seen this slice of lemon as a garnish. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to live much longer, frankly. You're disqualified. Nobody, no Neanderthal, will put a lemon on the plate with a duck that's been charbroiled in any way. Uh, you're hideous. Go away. That just little tiny things. Is, and the snobbery of the people. Oh, you must eat your meat this temperature. 
If you do cook any uh, any steak over medium rare, you're you you're a, you're an idiot. You're a child. You should not be allowed in the restaurant. Really? Is it your business? By the way, I found a secret about steakhouses. I would always order medium well when I was younger, and I would get like a medium, maybe even medium rare, and it would be sent back. And they absolutely barbecue. I mean, they would eradicate it with heat, cook it like till it was a brick. But I figured it out. If you order medium, a lot of steakhouses, you're going to get medium rare. So if you order medium well, you'll get medium, which is okay for me. Uh, I tend to prefer no real pink. I definitely don't like uh, any blood coming out. Cook the damn steak, okay? And don't tell me it makes it tough. Don't tell me it ruins the flavor. Because you know what? The flavor doesn't really change. Now, you can overcook a steak. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the, the pretentiousness, I just can't take. But if you want to know what the number one restaurant in the world, according to the food snobs, it apparently is Noma. And it is uh, now one of the best of the best. And uh, you'll have to go to Copenhagen to try one. So there. Now, seems like I've I've really avoided politics so far. It's kind of a refreshing change. But here we go from Pajamas Media. Stephen Green, formerly of the Vodka Pundit blog, funny guy, very entertaining. One of my favorite uh, bloggers, writers, act, not activists, but uh, commentators. Uh, and he writes about uh, Joe Biden's choice. Uh, in being nominated that he basically is a Soviet trained radical uh, and not good Green writes President Joe Biden wants to put an actual communist one who actually says yes I'm a communist at least he's honest self-proclaimed radical Cornell University Law School professor Saul Omarova Omarova uh, in charge of the nation's banking system so who knows what this communist will come up with. Omarova graduated from the Soviet Union's Moscow State University in 1989. That was, uh, what, 11, 32 years ago? So he's, what, mid-50s, late-50s, maybe? Uh, he attended that university on the Lenin Personal Academic Scholarship. That's right, the mass murder Lenin. Not the guy who wrote that terrible song. That's musically perfect, but but uh, lyrically retarded. Imagine that piece of garbage by John Lennon. Uh, Omarova graduated from the Soviet Union's Moscow State University, according to the Wall Street Journal, on again the Lenin Personal Academic Scholarship. I didn't know how many people you have to put on concentration camps or re-education camps or gulags to actually earn that scholarship, but who knows. As recently as 2019, that was two years ago for you Florida State graduates, she was still praising the USSR's economic system, one of the world's, one of the worst in the world of all the economic systems. That was absolutely horrible. Have you ever seen videos of the, the, the USSR's grocery stores? It was like 
There's nothing here. Absolutely terrible. Think of the famine under under uh, Stalin and in future under future Soviet leaders. It was absolutely terrible. One of the worst nations that ever exist. Uh, say what you will about the old USSR, uh, she has said. There was no gender pay gap there. That's right, because probably no one got paid. You either worked or you get your head cut off or your family got killed. That's your pay. And don't even ask about vacation and sick leave. A uh, market doesn't always know best. Well, capitalism, market-based economy, free enterprise may not be the best ever, but the best ever has never been invented because it beats the you-know-what out of everything else in the world. But again, why would Biden put a damned communist who's still preaching Marxist BS? Because the left wing, which is basically believes all the Marxist BS, uh, puppet, uh, Biden's kind of their puppet. They pull the strings, he mumbles some things, and executive order here, give this speech, handle this question this way, whatever. Uh, they're, they're footing the, the bill here for Biden. They're giving him directions. He's following. Um, I didn't think we'd ever have a president worse than Carter. And then came Obama. And I didn't think we'd go any worse than Obama. And then came President Mumbles, Joe Biden. Uh, teachers there were paid the same as doctors, the Soviet Union were talking about, because medicine was considered women's work. And both were paid crap numbers of worthless rubles. Look at all this money you have. Yes, it doesn't add up to anything, but you've got a lot of rubles. Yes, you're still starving. Yes, if you die, you probably can't afford a casket for your for your loved one. But you know you're you got a lot of rubles, and it's fair. It's equality. Sexism and central mismanagement, all in one murderously totalitarian package. There's a reason the USSR is defunct. And the US isn't. At least until Omarova gets her way. Omarova's goal is the eventual elimination of, wait for it, private banking. So where will we put our money to save it, invest it, uh, have a checking account? So, well, I'm sure she's got a solution. Oh, wait, here it is. They'll establish uh, an establishment of the Federal Reserve as the nation's, listen closely, only bank. So if you have a, a debit card, a checkbook, whatever, it'll say Federal Reserve. And there will be no, I guess, no Chase, no Citibank, no Capital One, no U.S. Bank, no, no whatever kind of banks are out there now. Uh, they just won't exist. It'll all be the Federal Reserve. In her own words... Don't take Stephen Green's word for it, my friends. Don't take my word for it. Take Omarova's words. The core idea here is simply to allow all U.S. citizens and lawful residents, uh, local governments, non-banking firms, and non-business entities to open transactional accounts directly with the Federal Reserve, thus bypassing private depository institutions. In this sense, it is a variation on the familiar Fed accounts or Fed coin, uh, digital dollar wallets, etc. theme. In principle, Fed accounts can be made available as an alternative to bank deposit accounts. A 
upon a person's request, yes, you can request it. And you might as well go ahead because it will be eventually forced. Uh, Omarova wrote that her proposal is deliberately radical in scope and substance. Indeed, Green writes, or as Kristen Tate wrote for The Hill Wednesday, taken to its extreme, this would mean that the Federal Reserve, acting on behalf of Washington, could become the only place citizens could deposit their money. Such a magic, uh, massive transformation would be accomplished by replacing consumer deposits into a new digital dollar held by the Fed, of course. Nationalized banking with, if I'm reading this correctly, Green Ponders, nothing but a centrally controlled digital currency for legal tender. What could go wrong? The top Republican on the House Financial Services Committee, uh, Patrick McHenry, said of her last week, I am concerned Professor Omarova will prioritize a progressive social agenda over the core mission of the OCC, supervising and managing risk in our financial system. Our financial regulators must focus on pro-growth policies that foster innovation to build a robust and inclusive economic recovery, rather than the Democrats' obsession with vague social objectives. And if that doesn't scare you, my friends, if that doesn't raise uh, raise some biblical things too, uh, the uh, uh, the mark of the beast and things of that nature, uh, you know, it's uh, it is frightening. It is frightening. Uh, there's more at PJ, PJ Media, Pajamas Media. Uh, just uh, go to PJ Media and uh, click on Stephen Green. Again, very good guy, good writer, uh, entertaining, funny guy. Never met him personally, but online. Uh, good guy. And uh, this, again, should terrify you. This is a direct, uh, direct arrow pointed at the heart of your liberty, your financial liberty. And you think if you have to put all your money one day in one bank, well, just think about what could go wrong, my friends. Think about what could go wrong. Uh, just about anything and everything, my friends. Could go wrong. Again, there we go. How about a, uh, a little baseball history? Y'all like baseball? Major League Baseball playoffs underway last night. The Red Sox kicked the arse of the New York Yankees. <laughs> Originally called the New York Highlanders. You didn't know that, did you? They eventually adopted the name Yankees because Europeans would, would over in New York would say Yankees, Yankees instead of Highlanders. Eventually they adopted the name. And they were part of the American League, which was the upstart league, challenging the National League. And uh, their moral foes were, the, of course, the New York Giants, which are now the San Francisco Giants, which have the best record in baseball this year. Hmm. And uh, we have another playoff game tonight. The Cardinals visiting the Dodgers, two very old franchises. Dodgers defending world champions, defending world series champions. And uh, we'll see. The Cardinals were maybe the hottest team in baseball down the stretch. They were absolutely on fire. They had a 14 to 15 game winning streak right at the end of the year. And uh, really, we're in a tight wild card race and, and took the spot. Always dangerous Cardinal team. 
ask me, a Texas Ranger fan, about the 2011 World Series. Two heartbreakers, two heartbreaks, two times, one strike away from a World Series championship against the damn Cardinals. And both times, they managed to, to get a hit. And, uh, well, the Rangers still waiting for that World Series. And right now, the New the Texas Rangers are nowhere close. Trust me, they had a horrible year. But anyway, let's get into the Billy Goat curse, the poor Chicago Cubs. The poor, poor bums of Chicago. <clears throat> and from the Billy Goat Tavern and Grill, still in business after all these years, and they have the sad tale of the Chicago Cubs. They write that the Cubs were born in the Chicago White Stockings in 1876. Now, I know the Chicago White Sox at one time were the Chicago White Stockings. And then the name got changed eventually. Uh, but this was back in 1876, so perhaps the Cubs uh, started that way too. Uh, but anyway, they were one of eight inaugural teams. And they were very good early in their existence. Uh, they won six of the first 11 championships of the Baseball League, including three in a row from 1880 to 1882 and back-to-back -back in 85 and 86 in the, the initial year. The modern-day Cubs came into existence in 1903. And in 1906, they played 152-game schedule and won 116 games. They were 80 games over 500. And in those days, the first, uh, first modern World Series was 1903. So in 1906, it's a best of seven series, and there was no playoffs. It was the American League champions and the National League champions, best of seven series. And the Cubs had the best record. They won the National League, and the White Sox kind of scraped their way in. And... Uh, they were called the Hitless Wonders. They weren't an offensive powerhouse or pitch or like the Cubs were. They were very good pitching the ball, and so were the Cubs. So everyone figured this series is over. It's it's there's no way. Uh, well, after four games, it was tied at two, and then the White Sox won the last two. So the Cubs may be foreshadowing their future successes or failures in the postseason. Uh, perhaps that was a sign, but they came back when the next two World Series, 1907-1908, beat the Tigers uh, both times. And then in 1910, they reached the World Series again, making four times in five years, and were beaten by the Philadelphia Athletics. And they continued uh, to go down from there. And the Cubs would not reach the World Series again until I believe it was 1918. Uh, then they were there in 29, 32, 35, 38, lost all those World Series. Lots of heartbreak, lots of close calls, lots of good teams, but lots of losses. So comes 1945. The 1945, the Cubs again won the National League. The Detroit Tigers won the American League. And after three games in Detroit, the scheduling was different for 1945 because of the war, I imagine. And the first three games were at Detroit. The last four scheduled for Chicago, Wrigley Field. Tigers took two or three at home. 
and they get they're getting ready for game four. The Cubs are are they're set. They've got a lead. They get the next four straight at home. Most people think they're the better team, but then begin a an odd tale. October sixth, a sad day in Cubs history. The Cubs enter Game Four of the World Series, leading the Tigers two games to one and needing to win only two of the next four. All played at Wrigley Field. A local Greek, William Billy Goat Cianus, who owned the Billy Goat Tavern and was an avid Cubs fan, he bought two tickets to Game Four. Hoping to bring his team good luck, he took his pet goat, Murphy. The second ticket was for Murphy. At the entrance of the park, the the Andy Fran ushers stopped Billy Goat from entering, saying that no animals are allowed in the park. Uh, Billy was frustrated, appealed to the owners of the Cubs, P.K. Wrigley of chewing gum fame, and Wrigley replied, let Billy in but not the goat. Uh, then Billy asked him, why not the goat? Wrigley answered, because the goat stinks. And that made uh, made Mr. Sienna's very angry. According to legend, the goat and Billy were upset. So then Billy threw up his arms and exclaims, the Cubs ain't going to win no more. The Cubs will never win a World Series so long as the goat is not allowed in Wrigley Field. And... The Cubs lost game four and then two of the next three to lose the World Series. And then they didn't get to a World Series for a long, long time. They were close to 69, choked out against the, quote, Miracle Mets. And in 84, they had a 2-0 lead in the Divisional Series in the National League against the Padres, but didn't get it done there either, lost three in a row. Then they lost the 89 Divisional Playoffs. Then in the 2003, in heartbreaking fashion, to the eventual World Series champion, Florida Marlins. And eventually they they did win a World Series. But it was interesting that this curse was around so long. The, the owner that put the curse on the Cubs eventually said, it's all forgiven. The curse is lifted. He went to a game and did this whole presentation about lifting the curse. But the Cubs never, ever, ever did win and they went to uh, 100 years, 2008. They still had not won the World Series. Amazingly, that's a long time. Uh, very rare for a franchise to go that long uh, between World Series wins. But the Cubs were cursed. The Billy Goat got them. And eventually... I guess the, the goat died and his ghost was was getting rid of whatever. But uh, eventually, yes, the Cubs did win a World Series. Anybody remember when that was, by the way? 2016. And interestingly enough, the team they beat, the Cleveland Indians, had not won a World Series in 68 years at that time. And they still haven't. So right now they're on a 73-year streak of not winning the World Series. So I don't know what's to blame for the Indians' woes, but the Cubs were, well, just blame the damn goat. Who knows if it's real or not? Probably not. But it's amazing that they went over 100 years without winning the World Series. And most years, by far, 
never getting to the World Series. Uh, amazing, absolutely amazing. And here's your trivia. A little bit of extra trivia. You probably know if you know anything about baseball, the Yankees have the most appearances in the World Series, 40, uh, with 27 wins. What team is next in appearances and in wins? Here's a hint. They're in the playoffs this year. No? Nobody? Well, if you're a St. Louis Cardinal fan, you're probably jumping up and down going, us, us. We've been there 19 times, and they have, and they've won 11 and lost eight. Uh, so they have been have won the most besides the Yankees, but two teams have been to more World Series than the Cardinals. The New York, now San Francisco Giants, have been there 20 times. They've won eight, lost 12. And the Dodgers, the Brooklyn, now L.A. Dodgers, have uh, been there 21 times, winning seven. So both those teams have losing records in the World Series. Just interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So 108 years, that's a long time. I know in hockey, it's up to 50, it'll be 55 years at least for the Toronto Maple Leafs. If they win it this year, the next Stanley Cup, it'd be 55 years. That's a long, long streak to to uh, get rid of. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks won their first title in 50 years, the NBA last year, which no one watched because of woke. And uh, there's your update on some of the long-suffering franchises in sports. Now, let's go to Governor DeSantis in Florida. First of all, his wife apparently uh, has been diagnosed with breast cancer. All prayers to her and her family, her husband, and may she make a speedy and complete recovery. Uh, thank you all for that. You know, pray for Governor DeSantis. Pray for his wife especially. Uh, and yes, my Aunt Peggy, who is recovering from uh, lung cancer surgery and is going to undergo chemotherapy uh, to to quote the doctors, make sure they got it all. Uh, so pray for her as well. But this story from twitchy.com. Twitchy basically is a site that keeps us eye on Twitter, and when people tweet certain things, they cover it and uh, get a lot of the commentary, stuff like that. And this is about Attorney General Merrick Garland. Uh, he's mobilizing the FBI against threats against school board members because apparently school goal, school board members don't like being challenged by those awful people called parents or guardians or whoever has custody of children. They don't like being questioned. They don't like being called out. They don't like having their feet held to the fire and having people, well, expect them to do the job that they're supposed to do, that they're elected to do. Uh, but last night... Uh, uh, Merrick Garland ordered the FBI to meet with federal, state, tribal, territory, and local law enforcement leaders over the next 30 days to address threats against school administrations, board members, teachers, and staff. Who thinks this may be uh, exaggerated? I'm just saying maybe it's exaggerated. Uh, here's the memo that uh, that was put out uh, regarding this 
call to action for the FBI and all law enforcement office of the Attorney General, October 4th, 2021. In recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. While spirited debate about policy matters is protected under our Constitution, that protection does not extend to threats of violence or uh, to efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. Uh, threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. Those who dedicate their time and energy to ensuring our children receive a proper education in a safe environment deserve to be able to do their work without fear for their safety. Well, duh, of course they do. I question how many are being threatened. I think a lot of this is just the left doing what the left always does. Just doing what they always do. They always exaggerate what conservatives do. Many times the liberals are actually guilty of what they accuse conservatives of doing. So this, I, I would suppose, eh, I don't know, sounds kind of fishy to me. And uh, here's the, the response of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He tweeted, Attorney General Garland is weaponizing the Department of Justice by using the FBI to pursue concerned parents and silence them through intimidation. Florida will defend the free speech rights of its citizens and will not allow federal agents to squelch dissent. Kurt Schlichter added this on Twitter. This, he tweeted, is how you do it. And then retweeted the Ron DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSantis uh, tweet. And Monica Crowley, formerly of Fox News fame, tweeted, Best Governor in America, at Gov Ron DeSantis. Florida GOP said, Governor Ron DeSantis, Florida, will always stand with parents and their rights to free speech. The intimidation of families is not the American way. <clears throat> Absolutely. But of course, uh, the potential challenger for governor of two DeSantis is Nikki Freed. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I don't think her last name is Fried. Uh, Attorney General Garland, she tweeted, is using law and order to protect children, parents, and teachers from crime. Florida will continue to be embarrassed by Governor DeSantis and his contempt for the law and the safety of our children. Yeah, again, sounds like a lot of liberal tripe there, doesn't it? The usual liberal tactic. Attack those who are guilty of nothing while you yourself are the one using the tactics of intimidation. And the left has a long history of doing that. I mean, there really is nothing in the tenets of leftism that communism, Marxism, whatever you want to call it, uh, that uh, forbids people being intimidated, discriminated against, and just keep going. And my friends, the maybe the best story ever, maybe. This is from the Daily Mail. And the headline tells it all. A drunk Turkish man spends hours helping search party hunting for missing person. 
but there's a kicker. Just wait. Uh, Behan Mutlu, 50, 50, was drinking with friends when he wandered into the woods. Uh, he was reported missing, but then stumbled across a search and rescue party. He joined in the search because he wanted to find this missing person and only realized his error, well, when his name was called. Yes, you heard me right. Uh, here's the story of the restaurant. A drunk Turkish man spent hours helping look for a missing person with a search and rescue party before realizing that they were <laughs> they were looking for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, the joys of alcohol. Uh, Behan Mutlu uh, from Inigal in the northwestern province of Bursa had been drinking with friends when he wandered off into the woods. His wife was unable to contact the 50-year-old for a few hours, and she and his friends decided to alert the police so they could find his drunk ass. While roaming the woods, the man came across a group of rescue workers and volunteered to get involved in, in the search mission. <clears throat> and he joined the group and inadvertently started looking for himself in the woods with the search party. Sounds like a couple of dates I've had. Uh, I knew I never should have trusted a girl named Bonnie. It was only when one of the rescuers shouted his names and he responded, I'm here, that they realized their error and the level of his drunkenness. That's a good party. I mean, that's that's the guy who knows how to party, right? When you go join a search party looking for you, you're that drunk. You're that damn drunk. That's... Uh, that is a uh, hall of fame for drunks. He just made it, my friends. But at least he found himself, right? There you go. At least the search party was successful. And really, all they have the drunk guy they were looking for to, to credit for finding him when he finally figured out where the hell he was and that they were looking for him. That's it for me, my friends. Uh, God bless you. Take care. Remember the three golden rules of life, will you please? I keep telling you people every day, six days a week. God bless America. Go Gators. And most of all, if you're left, you're like the drunk guy looking for himself in a search party. You just ain't right. That's it for me, my friends. Thank you. <clears throat> If you want to donate to the Daily Gator Daily Thought, the podcast, or thedailygator.com, it's all one and the same. It's about me, okay? All you have to do is go to thedailygator.com, look at the first post, hit the little Buy Now button near the bottom of that post, links to my PayPal page. It's magic. And you can also contribute on a monthly uh, basis as a subscriber uh, to the Daily Gator Daily Thought podcast at anchor.fm forward slash Doug Hagen. And you will find the archives. This is edition number 146. You'll find the other 145 podcasts. And you can set yourself up as a contributor if you so choose. Thank you all, my friends. I appreciate you. Take care. Be good to your kids. Eat your vitamins. Say your prayers. Don't eat too many donuts. And, uh... That's really going to get you through life pretty good. Oh, yeah. Listen to this podcast daily. God bless you, my friends. Take care. We'll talk to you in Yana, which is Thursday. Amazing. Happens every Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday.
It's almost like there's a pattern there or something. Mm. Take care, my friends.